Thank you for tuning in to Emmanuel Faith Community Church. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Buenos dias, Emmanuel Faith. Oh, I think I'm off. There you go. Yeah, getting ready. Getting ready. It's a joy to be here. To be honest, it's a great privilege to share from God's word with you this morning. And, and today I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving. Are you guys ready for the holiday? For sure, huh? So will you please open your Bibles uh, uh, to Colossians chapter 3? Let me, let me start by sharing how I was introduced to the Thanksgiving holiday. I just got married. My wife was born here in the U.S., so when we got married, she was used to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday. Now, to me, that was, you know, like a little too much because you have Christmas and then you have uh, New Year's Eve. And I struggled a little bit, but I said yes, right? Happy life or happy wife, happy life. Yeah, that's how it works. So, so we decided, you know, to start uh, celebrating Thanksgiving, and it became, you know, a really uh, good holiday for us. Now, when we started celebrating it together, it wasn't, you know, like that great, because my wife wasn't that good of a cook. So <laughs> we, we celebrate the few, few the few, the, we celebrated, you know, the, the first few years with, uh, Rotisserie chicken from Costco, <laughs> right? But, but it was good. So as, you know, our marriage, you know, continued to develop. Eventually, you know, Thanksgiving was like a big thing. And now we have a great Thanksgiving meal every year. And I help my wife. <laughs> well, not that much, but I try to be involved. Now, as years have passed by, I have learned that this holiday provides for us a good opportunity to pass from our busy lives and to give thanks to God for all his blessings. But as followers of Jesus, thanksgiving is more than an opportunity to be grateful for the temporal blessings that we get to enjoy in this world. For us, thanksgiving is the perfect opportunity to celebrate as well the spiritual blessings that we have received in Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving is a great time to acknowledge, to enjoy, and to celebrate that we have received in Jesus the greatest gift ever. We have received the greatest gift. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. You see, despite of our sin... God the Father sent his son, Jesus Christ, to earth as the savior of the world. And all we have to do in order to get saved is to repent of our sins and accept the beautiful gift of Jesus. By grace, all of us have accepted him and received a salvation that we don't deserve. For salvation is a gift from God. When Jesus died on the cross... He, pre- he paid the price for our salvation. And by trusting in him, we have received eternal life. Now, the main gift that we have received is not salvation or eternal life. 
The main gift is the person of Jesus Christ. And I think this is a massive gift, a gift for which we should be extremely grateful. But sadly, sometimes with the passing of the years, we become desensitized to God's amazing grace. I'm saying this because sometimes, even though we might know in our heads that we are saved by grace, we don't go through life as grateful people. The truth is that our hearts can very easily become hardened as we focus on the vanities of this world. And hardened hearts cannot give thanks to the Lord. Only those who constantly keep fresh in their minds and in their hearts the blessings of God's grace over their lives can remain grateful. With that said, I don't want to be ungrateful. I don't want to forget what God has done in my life. I want to be thankful. When I was 12 years old, I received Jesus as my Savior. And believe me, although I was very young, I was very aware of my sin. I knew that I wasn't good. I had so much anger and bitterness and confusion in my heart. I was a kid who didn't care about anything and anyone. I was a rebel to my parents, a bully to my brother, a, trouble, a troublemaker in the barrio, and a terrible student at school. My life was a mess at only 12. So when I heard for the first time in my life that from God's perspective, I was a sinner in need of a savior, I agreed. And that moment, and at that moment, I cried out to God in repentance for salvation. I trusted in Jesus as my Savior, and in his grace, he forgave me and received me as his son. Before meeting Christ, I had no dreams. I had no goals. I had no purpose. But once I met him, everything changed. My encounter with Jesus changed my whole life. And from then on, I've been having a big desire to please God. And his grace became the source of my thankfulness. One of the most fascinating qualities of God's grace is that it gives us a second chance. It allows us to start all over and to begin living our lives in a way that glorify his name. In Christ, we get to experience a new beginning. In Christ, we learn the importance of focusing our in hearts and in minds on eternal matters. On the things from above. That's exactly what the author of the letter of Colossians, the Apostle Paul, shares in our passage of study. In Colossians 3 verses 1 through 3 the Apostle Paul says the following, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Sit it at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So what we see here is that our old life is pretty much done. 
that we have died to our old ways. And that now we exist in Christ. In Christ, we get to embrace a new culture, a heavenly one. We get to engage in a culture from above, the culture of the kingdom of heaven. That's why in verse 5, Paul says, put to that whatever belongs to your early nature. Put to that everything in you that is not consistent with who you are now in Christ. Then in verse 10, he says, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So in Christ... We have received a new nature. And as we get to know more about our creator, we are being renewed. We are being transformed. Now, before moving forward, I want to remind you that in context, Colossians is a letter addressed to a church, not to an individual. So the purpose of this letter is not to show individuals in isolation how to live their Christian lives. Paul's intention was to teach every individual in the local church how to live their Christian lives as members of the same body. A body of which, of which Jesus is the head. That's why he tells them in Colossians 3 verses 12 through 14. Put on then as God chose his one holy and beloved compassionate hearts. That's what we need, compassion. Kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put in love, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So let me ask you, do you think that someone who is planning to live Christianity in isolation will ever need these virtues? I don't think so. Only those who want to engage in this new heavenly culture are going to need to be dressed up with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with forgiveness, and, and with love. By dressing in this way, it's definitely possible to have healthy and functional relationships with other members of the body of Christ. So this is not about looks. This is about character. This is about having what it takes to live our Christian lives in unity with other believers as we witness together to the world of God's amazing grace. You see, Christian fellowship is a very powerful witness of God's grace. But there's an important element that cannot be absent from our fellowship. That element is thankfulness. For Paul, thankfulness was so important that in addition to challenging the Colossians to make sure they dress appropriately, he challenged them to be thankful. And he gave them three fundamentals on how to express their thankfulness. He gave them three very meaningful ways to say muchas gracias. Three ways in which we should also express our gratitude. Here's the first one. We express our thankfulness when we allow the peace of Christ to rule our hearts. 
We express our thankfulness by having peaceful relationships with other believers. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So be at peace. And be thankful. Now that you have peace with God, make sure that you are at peace with your brothers and your sisters in the faith. Since we have acknowledged our sin and repented before God and trusted Jesus as our Savior, we are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And having peace with God is the foundation for having peace in every area of our lives. In fact, having peace with God is the beginning of our internal peace. Paul told the Philippians, don't be anxious about anything. For God is able to give you peace that surpasses, that surpasses all understanding. My dear family in Christ, the peace of God is the kind of peace that can definitely make a positive impact on our emotional health. You see, many of us have dealt with emotional tension in our lives. I've been there at least a couple times. And I remember that on those occasions, I struggled emotionally for days before really asking God to give me his peace. Before surrendering my situation completely to him. I guess I wanted to control the situation on my own. Using the words of the Apostle Paul, I wasn't allowing the peace of God to rule my heart. But once I did, he gave me the peace that I was missing. Now the word rule is a key word in this verse. In the original Greek, this was a word used in sports to refer to the role of the official who makes the calls on a competition, like an umpire. So what Paul is saying here is that we need to allow the peace of God to make the calls in our lives, in regards to our decisions, in regards to our interactions with other members of the family of God, including those that live in our house. Even if they are tiny like this, they are our brothers and sisters in the faith. In other words, our decisions, our actions, and our conversations need to be directed by the peace of God if we want to function in unity as one body with other believers. Now, keep in mind that one of the main leaders, if not the main one, and the church of Colossae at the time was Philemon. Do you remember Philemon? We talked about him a couple weeks ago. Now even though the church in Colossae was very small. They were facing big challenges. They were struggling. They were under constant attack. For there were too many false teachers around. And to add to the tension. According to Colossians 4, 9. Philemon had to deal with the arrival of Onesimus to the church. <laughs> Can you imagine that? The little church is struggling. 
And now, with Onesimus there, there's tension. Now, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you know that Philemon and Onesimus had a major conflict to resolve. Both of them, though, were men of God. Philemon was hosting the church of Colossae in his house. And he was probably the pastor of that small congregation. On the other hand, Onesimus became part of Paul's most intimate ministry team while in prison at Rome. But we already know the story, right? Pastors Josh and Ryan talked about it a few weeks ago as we started studied the letter to Philemon. But if you weren't here for that series, let me just tell you that the Apostle Paul challenged them both to be at peace with each other. Regardless of their history and regardless of their feelings. So just imagine the little, the little church, the people of that small congregation in Colossae, wondering if these two leaders of the church were going to allow the peace of God rule their hearts or not. Everyone was observing. Everyone was paying attention. They had a conflict in the past. Now Paul is challenging them to deal, with, to deal with each other as brothers. You see, no one has said that functioning in unity within the body of Christ is going to be easy because it's not. That's why the Apostle Paul, after challenging us to allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts, adds the following imperative. And be thankful. I'm sure that us, as an experienced spiritual leader, Paul knew that being thankful is very important to develop healthy relationships with others. For sure, he knew that gratitude has the ability to connect the people of God because gratitude begins with the forgiveness we have received from him. The truth of the matter is that even though we love each other as members of the family of God, sometimes we will do or say things that will offend others. And whenever that happens, we'll need to be ready to forgive each other. I think that what Paul is saying here is that our thankfulness to God holds the power to restore our broken relationships. And once our broken relationships are restored, we are able to express our gratitude to God in unity. Second, we express our thankfulness when we encourage one another with God's word. We express our thankfulness by building each other up. Colossians 3.16 says... Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Now Paul uses here another very interesting word. The word dwell. The word dwell in this verse means to be at home. 
What the Apostle Paul is saying here is that we should let the word of Christ be at home in us. That we should let it be abundant in our lives. That we should let it fill every corner of our lives. That whenever this becomes a reality in the context of a local church, there's going to be teaching and admonishment in godly wisdom. Teaching is about communicating to others biblical truths in love. While admonishing is about warning and correcting others with biblical wisdom. So what we are reading here is that our relationships with other believers have to be more than than simple friendships. have, Have to be more than just, you know, having fun with a bunch of friends. We see in this passage... That as members of the body of Christ, we should look for opportunities and create space. The spaces in which we could be able to teach and admonish one another. This is a key element in our discipleship development. We all need to give and receive encouragement through the word of God within our Christian fellowship. If you don't have this in your life, I want to encourage you to please become part of an adult fellowship or a life group here at Emmanuel Faith. In the last few months, I have been blessed to be part of our new growth track groups. And those groups, our goal is to help each other, to grow in the knowledge of Christ, and to encourage one another to live in a way that glorifies the name of Jesus. Now, the structure of our meeting is very simple. We sit at tables in groups of eight people, and we go through a passage of God's word. Now, the interesting part about it is that these groups are constantly changing because their members are not always the same. And there are no assigned teachers at the tables. I know that this might sound weird to some of us because we are used to monologues. But what what I have experienced in those groups is that after a few minutes of studying God's word together and sharing with one another what we see in the text, every person in those groups engages in what the apostle Paul is talking about here. We get to teach and admonish one another. I just want to say that as a pastor, it has been very refreshing to sit at a table and be built up by my brothers and sisters in Christ. If you want to be part of one of these groups, let us know. Filling a communication card in front of you, you'll be more than welcome to join us. Now, another way to build each other up is through our time of singing together. We love to sing, right, Emmanuel Faith? We love to sing to our Lord. Singing in the company of other believers also creates a transformational opportunity of teaching and admonishing one another. Paul says that sharing the message of Christ through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs is a powerful way to build each other up. When our singing becomes an expression of God's grace over our lives, others get encouraged. 
And as we are building each other up, the more gratitude begins to flow, enabling us to rejoice in God's presence as we sing, because he healed my heart, he changed my name, forever free, I'm not the same, I thank the master, I thank the savior, I thank God. Yeah. My brothers and sisters, through our singing, we build each other up. And numero tres, we express our thankfulness when our actions represent Jesus. We express our thankfulness by acting consistently with his message. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do you know that the best way to honor Jesus as our Lord is by living as his ambassadors in this world? As followers of Jesus. Everything we do must be consistent with who he is and must bring glory to his name. Let me put it this way. To a certain extent, the reputation of Jesus is represented by the actions of each and every single one of us. That's why the Apostle Paul is saying that we should do everything in submission to the Lordship of Jesus. But what I want us to notice is that the way in which he fin- is, is the way in which he finishes the verse. Whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God. The thing is that being thankful is super important. Being thankful is a great motivator to talk and act in the way of Jesus. So as we have seen, being thankful makes a big difference, not only in our personal lives, but in the lives of those around us as well. But being thankful is not always going to be easy. Sometimes our situations are so difficult that we don't feel like giving thanks to God. The thing is that being thankful is not about our feelings. It is also about the fact that God so loved the world that gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is the main reason why we are so thankful. And because of God's grace, we can be thankful regardless of our circumstances. Now, I'm sure that the Apostle Paul believed this. I mean, he wrote this in the letters to the Philippians and to the Ephesians from prison. And in every single one of those letters, he mentions how thankful he was, challenging his readers to be thankful as well. The question is, how was Paul able to remain thankful in such difficult circumstances? How was he able to send letters of instructions and gratitude to others from prison? 
I'm sure that God's grace was the source of, of his thankfulness. And as disciples of Jesus, I think God is challenging us this morning to embark on the same Thanksgiving journey. For in Christ, we have a capacity for thankfulness that we didn't have in the past. Would you agree with that or not? In the past, Thanksgiving was about the turkey. Thanksgiving was about family. Thanksgiving was about a day off from work. And that's it. There's a new capacity now in us. In fact, every day is a day for Thanksgiving. God's grace has the potential also to open our eyes to observe his blessings, big and small in our lives, making it possible for us to be aware that there's always a reason to be thankful, always. A chapter earlier, in Colossians 2, verses 6 through 7, Paul said, So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Strengthen it in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. I love this phrase, overflowing of thankfulness, hasta acá, <laughs> to the top. I truly believe that if we will live out this concept in our lives all the time, nothing. Absolutely nothing and no one will have the power to make us unhappy. In this sense, thankfulness gives us the ability to enjoy our journey with Jesus and to see the goodness of God even in our darkest moments. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 19, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. So if you want to know what is the will of God for you in this season of your life, Paul will answer, start by giving thanks. That's the will of God. And if you don't want to extinguish the fire of the Holy Spirit in your, in your life, he will say, make sure you are thanking God in all circumstances. So let me finish by encouraging you this morning to give thanks to God. Even in the middle of your trials and tribulations. And to keep waiting on the Lord. Waiting is important. But what we do as we wait is even more important. And I would like to suggest you to be thankful to the Lord as you wait on him. I don't know where you are waiting. Maybe it's a miracle. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's better relationship with your siblings. I don't know. In the waiting, be thankful. 
the beauty about practicing thankfulness is that it's not that complicated. When we give thanks, not a lot of works are needed. We, we can start just by saying to God, thank you so much. Or if you prefer to do it in Spanish, you can just say, muchas gracias. Remember, expressing our thankfulness is a very powerful witness of God's grace to the world. And maybe you feel like you haven't experienced this grace. Maybe you are new to our congregation or you have neglected your relationship with God. And today you are here and you know that something is missing. Well, this might be the day to say yes to God. This might be the day to say yes to Jesus. This might be the day in which... You can tell God, I know that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I need to trust in you. Now, maybe, maybe you have received Jesus in the past. But you have wandered away from him. Maybe this is a good time to come back to him. Whatever the case. I just want to let you know that God has been waiting for you. And that he wants to show you his amazing grace. If you want to do it, just pray with me. Church, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's pray before our Lord. God. You know me well. Now I know that there's nothing I can hide from you. And I know that I, I've been going through life. And there's something missing. And today, I want to acknowledge that it's been you. In this moment, Lord, I, I want to submit my life to you. I want to give my life to you. I know that, that I have sinned. I know that I, that I have done things that are against you. But in this moment, Lord, I also want to receive you as my Savior. Would you receive me as one of your sons? Would you receive me as one of your daughters, Lord? And I want to let you know that I will live for you every single day of my life. In Jesus' name. Also, Lord, please allow us as fellow believers in the faith to go ahead and to have a beautiful Thanksgiving in your presence, Lord. Muchas gracias for everything that you have done in our lives. We have so much joy. We have, Lord, new life. We, we have a new identity. And we are just so grateful for everything that you have done in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. your faith. Muchas gracias. 
Thank you for listening to our service. We'd love to have you join us in person. For more information about our church and service times, please visit efcc.org. If you would like to support the ministries of Emmanuel Faith, you can do so at efcc.org give.